Safwan, is it quiet around here for you this week? Yeah, it's a lot more quiet than it usually is. What do you think the difference is? I don't see rhyme. Oh, you know what? That that very well may be the difference here on this Wednesday, September 19th. Uh, welcome into Amateur Hour. As we were alluding to, we are without one of the usual suspects, Ryan Poley. Um, he is away currently. He's got, I believe, baseball practice. Yeah. Baseball comes before anything. Baseball right. is, is his first responsibility. Yeah, we respect the hell out of that. But um, with that said, we're gonna we're gonna step on his toes a little bit. Talk a little bit baseball. Talk a little bit of football. And uh, maybe he'll put put his headphones in after practice and be a little jealous he wasn't here with us today. Yeah. So, right, guys, we are gonna get started with week two of the NFL. You know, obviously football is back. We're going to start with the Bengals and Ravens game. Our own Cincinnati Bengals played on Thursday night and got the victory 34-23. to Man, Leo, starting off 2-0. I know it's not the end of the world, but starting off 2-0 is pretty good. What do you think? Uh, I was impressed by them. I will say that. With that said, though, there's a couple guys who are really catching my eyes, Nick Vigil being one of them. Um, Fledgelum, however you say his name, I don't know. Oh yeah, Fledgelum. Fledgelum, that guy. <laughs> I think those are a couple guys who have really caught a lot, of, a lot of people's attention, along with Sam Hubbard. Um, with that said, though, I have been a little bit underwhelmed by the defense against these these short dink and dunk passes that we've seen yeah. these last couple weeks. You know, early on in the game against the Ravens, we were uh, the secondary was looking very, very strong. Things were the whole team well. started off hot. Exactly. Offense yeah. started off hot. Defense started off hot. Three and outs. We're forcing them turnover. Jesse Bates got a nice That's interception. Right. But after that, it seemed like as the Ravens, I'm not going to call it a comeback because I think there wasn't really a sense that they were in it really at all in that game. Mm-hmm. Until the very end when they came with them one score. But right. throughout the majority of the game, the Bengals had a nice lead of the game. Had but a nice stranglehold of the game. For a lot of the second half, it felt like there was momentum building for Baltimore. For Baltimore Something yeah. was going on. And, and again, it was these short passes that were also killing us in week one against Indianapolis. Yeah. So is that cause for concern? Or you think that's just that's just situation? Yeah, I think that is a little bit of a cause for concern because the Indianapolis game, we can't lie, we probably should have lost that game. If mm-hmm. uh, Doyle doesn't fumble the ball, who knows what happens. Right. In the Baltimore game, they brought it all the way back. They were within one score and had possession of the ball. So, obviously, it's nice. 34 points in two straight games. That's nice. Our offense looks good. Um, Dalton's playing well. All of these uh, receivers, you got Boyd, A.J. Green. Joe Mixon's hurt, but Giovanni Bernard is going to be good for the next couple weeks. The offense looks good, but we got to keep the foot on the gas all game for the Bengals instead of, you know, letting up like they did against the Colts and almost doing it against the Ravens. But, you know, 2-0 is 2-0. Yeah, I was was also impressed by the secondary. I thought there was... There's a, a lot of, of really good, you know, good turnovers. Jesse Bates got right. a turnover. Sean Williams caused a fumble. You know, our defense, the turnovers are crucial. I think that's what really ultimately won the Bengals the game was the turnovers. And uh, guys like Drake Kirkpatrick and, and uh, Darquez Denard played well. Um, you can you can look at the, the stat side of things and say, well, hold up, really? Because there's a couple, let's see, there's a 40-yard pass to uh, one of the low receivers for, for the Ravens. Oh, yeah, John Brown. Yeah, John Brown get, somehow slips through the arms of Kirkpatrick and uh, Bates. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow it makes the reception. You know, those things happen. It's just kind of a fluke. Yeah. And then it seems like the very same thing happened in the end zone. Um, but at the end of the day, he was covered. Somehow the ball just wound up in his arms. Not a lot you can do yeah. about it. Denard played well. You didn't hear his name, which for a cornerback is a good thing. And uh, he did take a pass interference call in the end zone, but I think yeah, that was a questionable call. That yeah. was a real bang bang play, and they decided to call it on him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think there's much of a foul there at all. But um, I am certainly a biased fan. Um, 
But all in all, I don't think they're looking uh, too bad, a lot better than we had all thought. And, in fact, I would use the word good. So yeah. That's, that's these, important. These next two weeks is going to tell a lot about the Bengals. Carolina and Atlanta, two really good powerhouse teams right. in the NFL, and we'll see how we do against them. That'll tell us a lot about what this 2-0 actually really means. These short passes, if they're still a problem, Carolina will torch us with McCaffrey as well as, uh, as we all know, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, Curtis the Samuel, they have Devin Funches. Right. You know, they have, they have nice weapons. They do. So moving on, now we're going to go into, we're going to keep it in the division, keep it in the AFC North. The Chiefs defeat this, defeated the Steelers 42-37. to Wow. Pat Mahomes. A lot of he points scored game. in this game. Not a lot of defense being played. And obviously the story, just as Leo pointed out, is without question Patrick Mahomes having arguably the best start of a career in two games than anyone. He has more touchdowns, I think 11, I believe, than Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, any other quarterback in the history of the league. He is on fire. He is confident. He is gunslinging. And this Chief, Chiefs offense looks really, really dangerous. And they're high on him, too. He's not coming out of nowhere. They, they fully anticipated him taking this job. They knew that Alex Smith was a goner. And they were okay with that. They were comfortable with Pat Mahomes back there, and uh, he's proven them right. Yeah, he. I think he he admitted himself that he benefited a lot from sitting the year. And the, just like you said, they knew it. They traded draft picks to go get this guy. Right. They are like, this is going to be the guy that takes over the reins. They sat him for a year behind Alex Smith, and here he is in the beginning of his career playing really, really well. And But uh, another big story is the Steelers. I'm, wow. The Steelers, are, are they going through a free fall right now? Are they imploding? I mean, obviously we all know the narrative, Le'Veon Bell – uh, Big Ben's being getting old and tired, and as we all know, these bigger guys tend to really show their age faster than some of the, the smaller yeah. guys who might be a little bit more of an athletic build. But then Antonio Brown, what's the latest on him, Seth? Yeah, so Antonio Brown, there was, I guess, a reporter or somebody connected to the Steelers organization that uh, said on Twitter, A.B., Antonio Brown, is only benefiting from Big Ben. He's really not that good of a receiver. Big Ben made his career. Antonio Brown responds, trade me and let's find out. Which, which to start with, that was the first thing that started the initial fire. Then later fuel was added on. We'll get it into that. But that in its own right, that initial, quote, fire, didn't seem to me to even be so much as a trade request or demand. It's just him just saying, yeah, you'll find out no matter where I am, I'll be successful. Yeah. So people were blowing up about that. And to me, that wasn't a cause for concern for any Steelers fans out there. But then what has come since then yeah. is certainly cause for concern. Yeah, so obviously, as we pointed out, Le'Veon Bell is... In Miami on jet skis, he doesn't look like he's coming anytime soon. And then Antonio Brown, the next day, following when he said that, he doesn't show up to work on Monday. Right. Wow. So they're two best playmakers on offense. One of them is nowhere to be found. The other one is maybe wants a trade. We don't know. Big Ben has not been playing well. So the three killer bees are nowhere to be found. And we, their defense just gave up 42 points. So all the they Steelers, have is Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster looks like the only positive thing on this team right now, maybe outside the offensive line. This team might be free-falling. They might be. This I won't call it a dynasty because while they do have two titles, that's not an immense amount compared mm-hmm. to a team But like with the all Patriots. these, with the killer bees, though, with Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben, and Antonio Brown together, they didn't win a Super Bowl together. Right. Which is going to be bittersweet because we all know Le'Veon Bell is gone yeah. after this year. We don't even know if he's going to play a game for them this year. So that's going to be bittersweet for Steelers fans. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, uh, as I said, you know, not necessarily a dynasty, but a team that's consistently competitive. Yeah. That may no longer be the case, starting with week two of the NFL, which we just saw. Yeah, so now a quick recap of the Dolphins and Jets. How about the Miami Dolphins? They're 2-0, and you know, playing well, playing yeah. with a chip on their shoulder. Adam without Gase, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, without Jarvis Landry. Adam Gase has these guys playing with a chip on their shoulder. Really impressive. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of this team. Uh, certainly 
catching a lot of people by surprise, but um, an intriguing start to the season. We'll see what they can do with it. Yeah, Jets only 12 points, which is going to happen. We A lot of people like Sam Darnold, but you're going to go through your rookie pains. He's going to throw picks. He's going to get sacked. He's going to hold on to the ball, but that happens. I think the Jets still have a good future, but the Dolphins, 2-0. We don't know how long that'll last, but they look really good right now. And then another shocker, maybe, depending on what people think, the Buccaneers, 27-21 to over the defending Super Bowl champions, the Eagles. Leo, what is going on with the Buccaneers right now? Well, there's one word you need to know, and that word is Fitzmagic. <laughs> he is playing exceptionally well right he is. now. Now, we, we, I asked this question last week. I did. I said, now, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can play the way he did in week one, we had this conversation last week, as I said, mm-hmm. is Jameis Winston sweating at all? And the answer was a resounding, no, no, Jameis is their guy. Now Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out there and plays another very, very good game. Now the narrative might slowly start to change. I think I think he's sweating a little bit. I don't I don't think he's he's full post workout sweating, but I think he might be a little bit of a and a little bit of a, a sweat right Deshaun, now. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, wide receivers, has already come out and said that if Fitzpatrick keeps us up, you don't take him out. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, starting wide receiver, already said you gotta keep the hot hand. And if Fitzpatrick just keeps on balling, how could you take him out? I agree. You know, the Tony Romo, Dak Prescott situation. We all know Tony Romo was really a really good quarterback. Jameis Winston is more proven, you know, than Ryan Fitzpatrick, most people think. Fitzpatrick has had his moments, but he, no, nobody thinks he's like a long-term starting yeah. quarterback. But if he keeps balling, how do you take him out? I mean, we keep on talking about the ceiling of Jameis Winston while it's certainly there, and it's without doubt higher than Ryan Fitzpatrick's. The problem is he hasn't played football in four weeks mm-hmm. by the time his suspension is over. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick has played football in the last four weeks and has played football in the past four weeks to, at a high level, you can't take him out. you got to do what's best for your team. And if what's best for your team is the guy who hasn't played and you don't know what you're getting over the guy who has played and has been consistently good to that point in the season, then that's the wrong decision. Yeah. You do what's best for your team, and at that very moment, it might be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. And in terms of the Eagles, they're 1-1 one one now. I bet, really surprisingly, they lost to the Buccaneers, but they got good news. Carson Wentz has been cleared for contact, and they do expect him to start next week against the Colts. So we'll, likely we'll see the offense. We'll see if it's the same Carson Wentz that was going to win the MVP or if it's going to take him a while. I mean, everybody, we all believe in him, so I believe he'll yeah. get back to his normal form in not too long. I don't think anyone's concerned about yeah. Carson Wentz or that team. I think that they are all fit to uh, yeah. return. That's a, that's a team to compete again, and they're, and they're going to compete. Without doubt. And then let's move on quickly to the Saints and Browns. This game was a lot closer than some people think. The Saints won 21-18, to but this was a close game all the mm-hmm. way through, Leo. 1-1 one and one for the Saints. Is that you look at it and they got crushed by... Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers yeah. in week one. I wouldn't say crush, but they allowed a lot of points. Their defense did. Defense got crushed. Right. And then they, they do beat the Browns, but that's the problem. It was the Browns. Now, I'm not saying the Browns are as bad as they used to be, but that's still not a huge accomplishment, and they didn't do it in extraordinary fashion. They won by, yeah. what, three points? Three right? points. They won by a field goal. Right. And that very well could have been different mm-hmm. had the Browns kicker made that if kick. If he would have made some extra points. Right. You know? The Saints right. very well, honestly, could have lost this game, and maybe they should have lost this game. Yeah. So, Saints, they have the one-on-one, but keep an eye on them. They're well, my preseason pick to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, they their roster is good. They still have Drew Brees. The defense looked like it was going to be better. But right now, the Saints are, I, they're kind of reeling right now, one and one, but they're a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. So moving on next, the Colts and the Redskins. The Colts defeated the Redskins 21-9. With Saffron's man crush, Andrew Luck. Yeah, my man, Andrew Luck. <laughs> he, he played pretty well in this game. He wasn't spectacular. 
But I think the big part of this game was the Redskins. They played really well week one. And they were like, oh, wait, maybe Washington is a nice team. And they come up against the Colts and only scored nine points. Yeah. They took a real big step back. Adrian Peterson was uh, not there. <laughs> yeah, had a, had a great week one. Oh, maybe AP can stay. I, don't, I mean, I just don't find it sustainable for him. I don't see it. You know, Alex Smith, you know, he's, he's kind of limited. He can throw down the field, but as a decision maker, he limits himself. He right. always, the dink and dunk passes, the minor passes, they do it to themselves. And if you can't score more than 10 points against a Colts defense, that, that's a problem. So mm-hmm. we'll see that going forward. Colts are 1-1, one and one, and so are the Redskins. And then moving on, the Chargers defeated the Bills 31-20. to 20. Chargers offense got it going. But I think the main story about this is the right. Bills are just really, really bad. I think we all understand that. So bad, in fact, that Vontae Davis decided to retire at halftime, pack yeah. up his things, and get in his car <laughs> and leave the stadium at halftime. Yeah, that was another big story. He just At halftime of the game, he just left. He got up and left. Yeah. I mean, and his teammates didn't know about it. Alexander, uh, their sack master, said, "I don't know what 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 he was doing. He just got up and left, and his teammates didn't. He just let his teammates down. You get up at halftime and leave. What what is that, man? Yeah, that's that's rough for sure. Um, it's it's a tough thing to do in the middle of the season uh, to kind of give up on your team like that, specifically two games in. But he didn't even make it two games. He made it one and a half games. Yeah. You're better off retiring after week one than you are after week one in the first half of week two. And this dude is respected. This is Vontae Davis is a former Pro Bowl right. quarterback. This is not just a, you know, a bum that got off the practice squad or you know free agency. This is a respected player in this league. Just quit. Yeah. He, I mean, there's no other way. He just quit on his team. And the Chargers, I know they gave up 20 points, but that is going to get better because of sack master Joey Bosa has been out. The mm-hmm. first two weeks. So I think when he comes back, the pass rush in the defense is going to start getting it together so the Chargers look good. And then a, another week, two weeks in a row, we have a tie. The Vikings and the Packers tied 29-29. to 29. The worst thing in sports. The worst thing in sports. Play play until you win. Somebody's got to win the right. game, man. There's no ties. NFL, there's no play two, three, four, five, however many overtimes you got to do, but there should be a winner. There shouldn't be ties in professional sports. I totally agree. I mean, that was terrible. I would rather them flip a coin to determine the winner <laughs> yeah. than leave it at a tie. There's got to be a winner. So, I mean, what, what what can we dissect? Kirk Cousins looked good in his first trip to Lambeau. Yep. Aaron Rodgers looked good, as he usually does. Looks like Aaron Rodgers. You know, in overtime, both both teams look good. The more field goal, more, more field goal kicking problems for the Vikings. All deja vu when they missed it in the playoffs. A 20-yard right. field goal coming back to haunt them again. Mike Zimmer was adamant. He's like, I got rid of the kicker. Did you see him play? He couldn't hit anything, and Mike Zimmer was honest about it. So, field goal kicking ties, that was just a rough game overall. We wanted to see a winner. Bad field goal kicking over time. It was just a rough one. That game was just rough overall. So, both teams are probably not happy at this moment. And then, and here's uh, the two teams that the Bengals are going to play. Played each other, the Falcons and the Panthers. Falcons won 31-24. Yeah, so, they uh, they looked okay yeah. in the game. I'll give them that. They, they, they beat a good team in the Panthers, but... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they looked great. Julio Jones is yet to find the end zone, and yeah. that's a big-time problem. Five receptions, only 64 yards for Julio Jones. So the Panthers did a uh, secondary did a nice job you know, of keying in on him. Panthers got 24 points. The Falcons, I know they lost their guard. Andy Levert, you know, his name is like that. He, they lost him for the season. I think Keanu Neal is gone for the season. Deion Jones is hurt. So this team is slowly starting to have the injury bug come up to them, and that's a big, yeah. big thing to keep an eye on. Because a lot of these, a lot of people had the Falcons in the NFC Championship, maybe even the Super Bowl. 
you know, because with Steve Sarkeesian being in his second year, Matt Ryan getting the big contract, Julio Jones getting his contract issue solved, they're having a young and experienced defense, but now all of this is starting to go downhill with injuries, Matt Ryan not playing up to his contract. So the Falcons are a team to keep an eye on. How but, worried are you about Julio Jones? People said last year was just a blip that happens, you know, and I, and I bought into that. This year, though, we're starting to see the same thing. He hasn't been himself since their Super Bowl run, and I don't know if there's anything to that, but the truth is he last year was a very down season for mm-hmm. Julio Jones, and this year is not off to a good start. Yeah. Do you think there's anything there? And Julio, he, it's like it's a crazy standard because he has like 1,300 yards receiving, and we think it's a down year. Right. I mean, right. he's just so good. He, he's still, without question, one of the four or five best receivers in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that's debatable. But him finding the end zone, I think it's, his, it's a little bit of him, and it's a little bit of Matt Ryan, a little bit of the coordinator. You've got to get this guy end zone touches. Right. Whether you're in the red zone, whether it's a deep pass, you know, making different plays, making creative plays. You've got to get Julio the ball more than five times, and you've got to get him the ball in the red zone. He is too good to not touch the ball there. You toss the ball up for grabs, I'd say it's between him and Gronk, between the guys that you want to bet on going up to and getting that yeah. football. Because Julio Jones is an absolute beast. He's an athletic the speed, freak. the size, the hands. The He's got it all. They've, they've just got to get on the same page. Yeah, Julio is like team. a – Julio is honestly is like a guy you create. If you create a wide receiver, he looks like Julio Jones. Yeah, Tall, athletic, long reach, you know, can run, speed. I mean, everything. He there's, he has no weaknesses in his game. Great route runner, you know. 100%. So we'll, we'll keep uh, an eye on these teams moving forward. And then real quickly, the Texans and the Titans. Titans uh, beat the Texans 20-17. to The Texans are struggling. A lot of people thought, me included, that they were going to come out firing. Deshaun Watson was just going to continue on from – his season last year before he got hurt, but that's not been the case. He no. has struggled. He has struggled, and I, I don't think it's a sign of things to come. I think there is a learning curve there. I think he came out of the gate hotter than most people expected last year, and I think now people are expecting that same thing from him this year, which might be fair, but I don't think that, that, that that's something that you're going to see immediately from any quarterback who was – people were somewhat unsure about him. Now, with, without doubt, he's shown he's the real deal. But people were unsure about him, and then you add in that fact a significant knee injury to a guy who relies so heavily on his legs that he comes back the next year, and it's the start of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are going to be a little yeah, bit of you got to give it time. It's only yeah. two weeks. He wasn't great his first two weeks last year when he came. Right. And it, it was like after three, four, five, six, after he played those about that month, a month and a half, that's when everybody's like, oh, wait, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, that's give it time. Give it time. Sean Watson, he's going to be all right. I agree. And then the Cardinals and the Rams, this was a blowout, 34-0. The Rams, I mean, we're not surprised. The Rams probably have the best roster, arguably the best roster. Cardinals are in a rebuild. We're not surprised. You know, no points for the Cardinals. They're playing Sam Bradford. He's going to get hurt soon. The offensive line isn't very good. The defense isn't very good. Everybody knew this was going to happen. It was going to take a miracle for the Cardinals to even come close in this game, and they didn't. Yeah. The Rams look great, great roster. The Lions and the 49ers, this was actually a really good game, 27-30. The 49ers won. Both teams played actually fairly well, 27-30. The offenses were good. Defenses weren't terribly bad. Matthew Stafford was throwing it around as he usually does, getting it to Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. And the 49ers, Jimmy G looked pretty good. This is an overall well, well-fought game. Both teams played well. 49ers just came out with a victory. Yeah, and I think that it's the truth that neither of these teams are really seen as true contenders yeah, at no. this point. Yeah. Uh, so it was an interesting matchup from that standpoint that – it's not that they're both two heavyweights, it's that they might be yeah. both two lightweights making for a competitive, interesting game, which it was. It was that. Yeah, we always hope for more from Matthew Stafford because we know he has a cannon of an arm. He has Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Theo Riddick. They have some nice offensive weapons, mm-hmm. but their defense isn't very good. Their head coach, Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, disciple, not doing good. So a whole lot of chaos in Detroit that they're going to have to look forward to. 
And now the Raiders and the Broncos, John Gruden's second game, he has lost again, 19-20. to The Broncos won. Case Keenum is playing okay. He's not great, but he's not, you know, turning the ball over, costing them games, which I think is what they want out of a quarterback, with how bad the quarterback play has been. Uh, John Gruden's team, ironically enough, they can't get to the quarterback. I but, wonder why. But for some reason, I feel like they had a player yeah, you know, who could get to the quarterback really well. Yeah. Oh, man, look what happens if you could just give him the money he wants. <laughs> you know, the Raiders, Derek Carr was good. He completed, I think, close to 90% of his passes, but they were the Broncos' defense was bending, but they weren't breaking. You know, 19-20, John Gruden's off to a rough start. Amari Cooper finally got going, but the Raiders, Raiders are struggling, and the Broncos are 2-0. And then real quick, the Jaguars and Patriots, rematch of the AFC Championship game. Jacksonville took it to the Patriots. This yes. game was never really close. We saw the nice one-handed catch from the Jaguars receiver. Blake Bortles played really, really well. Yeah. The defense was really good, as they usually are. That's what we expect from them. The offense was churning. The play calling was good, and Jaguars looked really good against the defending AFC champs. Talk about a good team. I tell you what, Jacksonville is uh, obviously the good team last year, but I think that they were, without doubt in most people's minds, the real deal. But last year was the first year of that, and once you get a little a few years of succession going, that's when you start getting some respect, and I think that time is coming for the Jags, yeah. as those years of mediocrity and subpar play, I think, are over for them. Yeah, that, de- that defense is going to keep them in every game. I agree. That defense is just too good not to keep them in every game. So now, real quick, the Sunday night game, Giants versus Cowboys. A lot of people thought the Giants were going to win this game, but the Cowboys came out and won 2013. Yeah. Dak Prescott played really well. Zeke played well. The defense played really well. You know, Saquon Barkley, I think we realize he's going to be special. You can't tackle him one-on-one. He was breaking all these tackles. But the Cowboys did a really good job of holding Odell Beckham under 100 yards. The offense was stagnant. The offensive line looked like the old offensive line for the Giants, not improved. Getting Eli Manning sacked six-plus times. So the Giants right now got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, they got to figure something out. Um, obviously, the Cowboys, you know, they, the players they need to show up, they showed up. For the Giants, not so much. Yeah, Eli was getting sacked. Odell was, he was getting clamped. And the offensive line was terrible, which yeah. was all the Giants. Can their offensive line protect? They didn't. They lost. Simple mm-hmm. as that. And then our last game of the week, guys, Seahawks and the Bears on Monday night. The Bears won 24-17. And honestly, guys, this the score does not tell the story. The Bears controlled this game. They did. You know, this defense, just like we were talking about Khalil Mack, man, this defense looks like it could be scary. Yeah, very scary. Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack pass rushing. You got Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mucamara, two nice, formidable cornerbacks. The rookie Roquan Smith from Georgia. Ooh, man, this Bears defense looks like it could be vaunted here soon. Yeah, they have a lot to look forward to, including Mitch Trubisky. He's caught a lot of heat because people thought that they gave up way too much to move up to draft him, which I'm not going to argue. I tend to agree with that. With that said, though, he's had a couple good showings now, and I think that people are seeing his upside. Yeah, and he uh, he plays well enough. He should have a defense like that. That's a defense like kind of like the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're not saying they're that good, but like the defense can keep you in the game. If you play well, just don't turn the ball over. Keep the drives going. You got yeah. Jordan Howard in the backfield. Feed your horse. Play good enough. Yeah, th- this team can really do some good things. Yeah, you know they were they had Packers in position. They were up twenty nothing, and obviously it's on them that they blew the lead. We understand that, but they were in position to win both their games, and they look really good. So that's all the games, guys. We hope you guys like that. Now we're going to move on to college football real quick just to break down some of the big games. Ohio State versus TCU. Ohio State got the victory. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins played really well. I think we all agree that this guy's legit. Uh, NFL scouts are salivating over him. 6'4", big, strong, athletic, accurate, great arm. Ohio State proved, I think, without question, the four best teams after three weeks. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, and I don't see the, as we thought at the start of the yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, not a lot has changed. Not much parity. The great teams look great. 
and you know otherwise than that you know it's too simple i mean college football there's there's about six seven teams that you know have a chance other than that yeah it's we, not too much we know tcu is a good team we know osu is a real good team uh but i think this game just simply showed that there is the talent. ohio state's in a different class yeah Ohio State, you know, it was, a, it was a great college football weekend. Nothing too spectacular happened. So now we're going to move on to the NBA and just breaking news, actually, that Jimmy Butler wants out yeah. of Minnesota. He wants a trade, and there's only three teams on his list as of right now, and that is the Knicks, the Nets, and the Clippers. So what I see from that is he likes the, the big lights. He wants to play in New York. He wants yeah. to play in L.A. He likes he, the big markets, the big the flashing lights on him. That's what he wants to. That's where he wants to play. He came from Chicago. He had that experience. Um, he was kind of eased into Chicago, so um, yeah. he, he had a pretty good transition to being a star there. Uh, played there for a handful of seasons. Yeah, I think a good four or five years. Yeah, did, was he traded? or Was he a free agent signed in Minnesota? He was traded. That's right. He was traded. He was tra- that's right. Because you know what he did at the press conference? He gave out his cell phone number and on the airplane was FaceTiming fans. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if this trade request comes to fruition for him and uh, if we can get him live on the podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll get Jimmy <laughs> Butler on here. So, but yeah, in terms of the Denver Wolves, they keep disappointing. You know, they, yeah. they made it as the AT, but they have Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague. You know, they signed Derrick Rose. They got Tom, uh, Tom Thibodeau. Maybe like, oh, maybe this team could. They have. Nice stars, a really good set of pieces, but it just never seemed to be working in Minnesota. Certainly an upgrade from uh, where they were for years, you know, in the basement yeah. time and time, time again. again. Yeah. But with that said, they've got all this talent, and it's time to stop using the excuse of, oh, we've got the good young pieces, and say, we've got the good young pieces, we're ready to compete. It's time to win. Right. You know, it's time to win. And maybe part of that is Thibodeau, because we all know that many players say that he runs his players to the ground. The defensive guy, you know, you got to be on defense. He, the, they practice harder than anybody because that's how Tom Thibodeau is. Maybe that's a contributing factor. But, you know, now it seems looks like it's going to separate with Jimmy Butler wanting out. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're going to get back a player who's less than Jimmy Butler. Butler's one of the 15 best players in the in the world. So they're going to get back draft picks. So I don't even think they're a playoff team now. Without Jimmy Butler, I don't see them as a playoff team. I totally agree. Borderline at best. They're yeah. going to play the, the Warriors and just get swept, you know, if they're yeah. the eighth seed. So... That's unfortunate for the Timberwolves. And then another NBA, no, actually NBA news. We're going to talk about the MLB real quick as we come down to the end of the season. We're going to talk about the MVP real quick. In the NL, I think it's separated Javi Baez and oh, who was the other one? Javi Baez and who we there was one other. Nolan Arenado, I think. Yeah, Nolan Arenado certainly in the conversation. Uh, real quick, we're just going to look at batting averages. Um, obviously, some of these guys are in a league of their own. Christian yeah, Yelich is having yeah that's who it season. was. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. That I apologize. That's who I was thinking was Christian Yelich. Those are the two that have separated. It's Christian Yelich and Javi Baez. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys have been tearing the cover off the ball. All season. Yelich especially recently. I think these two, it's going to be either Javi Baez or Christian Yelich. I think a main thing about that is who will win the division. Yeah. Whoever wins the division kind of has a leg up because, you know, the best player on the best team always wins. So I'm going to go with Javi Baez because I trust the Cubs more. But if Christian Yelich wins, don't be surprised. He's hitting for the cycle. He's hitting 300. He's a gold glove player in the outfield. I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's just having a really, really good year. Yeah, just recently hit his second cycle of the year. Um, really sound player. Javi Baez does everything well. And Javi Baez does everything with flair, mm-hmm. including interviews. And that's important in the MVP conversation because when you think about it, interviews, who cares? Well, 
it does matter when you think about the people who vote on yep. the MVP each Popularity. year are the sports writers. Mm-hmm. So the sports writers might be a little bit more biased towards a guy like Ben Zobris who, or I'm sorry, not Ben Zobris, Christian Yelich, who goes about his job and, and does it well, does it quietly, does it modestly, whereas Javi Baez, his play is reminiscent yeah. of his attitude off He's the bat flipping, you know, he's, he's fist pumping, he's screaming. Which doesn't appeal to the old school baseball purists yeah. who are likely those of the sports yeah, writers that, that vote for the MVP and right. things like that so and then the AL I think it's pretty clear it's either going to be Jose Ramirez you know or JD Martinez or Mookie Betts those three guys they've separated themselves yeah more than likely it's going to be somebody from the Red Sox either Mookie or JD because you know they're like they're about 100 games above 500 they're clearly the best team in the MLB they, they win every game they play so it's going to be down to those two. Certainly. I, I really quick want to, want to make a hot take. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think that Suarez is going to win the MVP, and I'm not saying that I think he has a chance. I don't think he has a chance. But why doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's not on a good team. Okay, so what? Joey Votto was within two votes of winning last year when the Reds were worse than they are now. And who he lost to? Giancarlo Stan on a losing Marlins team. Yeah. So truth is, does being on a winning team really matter? I think it does, but not to the extent that people say. And when yeah. you look at Eugenio Suarez's numbers, yeah. I believe he's hitting 285, over 100 RBIs, close to 35 homers. Yeah. Those are very good numbers, especially when you consider he's played about 20 fewer games than anyone else. Because if you remember, early in the year, he got hit by a pitch, and I believe yeah. he fractured his thumb. Yeah, he's so, having a really great season. I think he's emerged as like the guy for the Reds going forward. We know it's still Votto for the next year or two because he still has a few yeah. years. But like the future, when we're looking six years from now, Suarez is going to be the face of this team, and I think he's shown it because he's having a spectacular year, hitting in the high 280s, 35 home runs, 100 RBIs. You know, he's a he's a good-looking guy. He, like, he just has all the making of, of a star. He has all the makings of a superstar. I am really high on this team in the years to come. I think the pitching is there in time. They, and they, think, that, that's what it is. It's pitching. It's, yeah. it's all about the pitching. When you look at the infield alone, I mean, Suarez, as we're talking about, could be in the conversation for, for MVP. He won't be, but he could be. Then you look at Peraza quietly He's having close to a 300. really, really right. good year. He Scooter is having, Jeanette at second base. Scooter Jeanette's only leading the league in hitting. He's right. only hitting 321, which is number one in the NL. And He's he, only doing that. Who's behind him? Dilson Herrera, who I've been really impressed with, who I didn't like the trade at the start, but I'm li- liking the way it looks. You look at Joey Votto at first, we all know about and Votto's going to be Votto. If he plays, he's going to be hitting 300. He's going to get on base, and he's going to be good. Yeah, even earlier in the season when he was hitting a lowly 270 by his standards, he yeah. was still third in the league and on base percentage. Yeah. He does what he does, and you can't ask for anything more. Tucker Barnhart behind the plate is as solid as they come. Yeah. The outfield, you've got some pieces. But then you look at Nick Senzel. Yeah, that's He's the now big one. Transition to the, to outfield, the outfield because yeah. the infield is so stacked. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, you don't have any play. He's probably the best hitting prospect in baseball. But the Reds have all all star caliber players on their infield, so they're like, we got to get this guy on the field because he's special. You know, the yeah. hitting man, the, the lineup to this team looks scary in the next coming years. Agreed. And I, I think that's a big notice of Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton has not been hitting well at all since he's come to the major leagues, and you know, we're like the the Reds are like. You, you're a great fielder. We get that. But it's time to hit. Yeah. You know, and they're making it known that Nick Senzel is going to go to the outfield. They still have Jesse Winker, who proved he was a really good hitter. Shubler is a good player. Nick Senzel, I think everybody thinks he's going to be a stud. Yeah. Billy Hamilton, this might be it for him. This might I, be it for Billy Hamilton. I wouldn't be surprised if your outfield uh, starting next season was Nick Senzel and Jesse Winker, and then it's a toss-up for, for um, anywhere else. You know, you, you probably wind up with Billy Hamilton center unless you – Feel that Shevler plays a good enough yeah. center field, but Shevler's bat is certainly 
very well may make up for the defensive lapses that exactly. Billy Hamilton would Because he make. is a way better hitter. Better average, more home runs, more RBIs. Mm-hmm. And then I still got guys like Philip Irvin who have come up since Jesse Winker and Shuttler's been hurt. He's played really well. Yeah, he's been impressive. Mason Williams has been okay, but overall, Philip Irvin, that's like four or five guys in the outfield. And, you know, who's going to be the odd man out? You know, because they, they can't have the whole team as outfielders because they right. got to worry about the bullpen, got to worry about hitting. So, so, so somebody's going to be the odd man out, and I believe it's, it might be Hamilton. Yeah, and the interesting you know? thing is his trade value probably isn't very high because of what he's done on the field, as well as if every team in Major League Baseball knows they don't have a spot for him, nobody's going to be willing to give up much for him because we have to dish him. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think that he will be on the team come spring of this uh, upcoming Major League Baseball season. Yeah. But and A big I, factor is how Senzel, he's coming off the injury season ending, but he should yes. be 100% ready to go. And if he tears it up during spring training like he – does he's a 300 he hits 300 in his sleep Senzel everywhere he's been he's been 300 you know so we'll see how everything goes in spring training who plays well who doesn't play well and how the team looks yeah it'll be interesting for sure um real quick we are running out of time Josh Gordon to the Patriots yeah how about that how do we forget to mention that for a fifth round pick yeah you know they're not giving up much of anything the Browns, I guess just kind of gave up they put years and years into Josh Gordon you know, some people said it was his injury flared up. Some people said he wasn't, he just wasn't there mentally. So the Browns said they're done. Patriots said we'll take a chance on him. Tom Brady has another weapon. You know, I, we're not comparing these two. We're not. Please get me wrong. But the last time the Patriots got a really good receiver for a fifth round pick, his name was Randy Moss. Yeah. The rest was kind of history. Twenty three receiving touchdowns, which is still a record to this day. Sure, they didn't win a Super Bowl, but their numbers were absolutely incredible, and they were. They were the best team, but the Giants, we know, beat them that game. Yeah, I mean, so, they, they what, went 19-1 and one with yeah. their only loss being in the Super Bowl? Exactly. I mean, they were the best team. And if Josh Gordon, like I said, I'm not, we're not comparing Josh Gordon to Randy Moss. We're not doing that. But he has the talent. Josh Gordon has yeah. that talent. I, I don't know if we want to compare them one-to-one as far as uh, players, but if we want to compare them as far as numbers, you can compare Josh Gordon with anybody as far as number goes. When you're talking about his play on the field, you look at his, I believe it was his 2013 season, in, what was it, 13, 14 games? Yeah. He led 1,500 the, yards receiving. Yeah, he led the entire world. Like, I'm not just talking the league. I mean, he, I mean, he destroyed worlds that season. Yeah. He really showed what he's capable of. And I tell you what, I'm really not all that concerned. I think his stuff is in is in the past, and the Browns are making me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, only they a fifth-round pick. Guy, yeah, A fifth-round pick. And then you look at the fact, I forget the guy's name, who was their third-round pick? Third-round pick. The Browns? Yeah, receiver guy with the same problems as Josh Gordon. Oh, Antonio Callaway. That's right, Antonio, Antonio Callaway. Callaway. Yeah. You, you talk about cleaning up your receiving core, getting rid of Corey Coleman uh, last year, and then you, you get rid of Josh Gordon now, and now you, you're left with not a lot as far as receiving goes, but you still got Antonio Callaway. Wait a second, he's got the <laughs> same problems. Yeah. As the guy we just traded. Right. So it's it's certainly puzzling. Maybe they think that Antonio Callaway uh, has an opportunity to go back and, and, and not let this be a career-defining path the way that has been for Josh Gordon. Um, but I tell you what, if they're wrong, then they, they might yeah. look like some fools. Because we, uh, Josh Gordon, maybe this could be a wake-up call because we know Bill Belichick don't put up with anything. You're yeah. late to the meeting. You're going to get the door closed on you. You're going home. Tom Brady, he knows how he would. Maybe the culture change, the coaching change will kind of help Josh Gordon, help him get set, because if he does get set, it can be scary. It can be. It can be scary with him and Tom Brady. I think just having Tom Brady in the locker room, you don't even have to speak to the guy yet. It's I going think to help you him. know. 
having the, the leadership of you can go to Bill Belichick or you have Tom Brady in the locker room. These guys can really help Josh Gordon. And we'll see. You know, We're rooting for the guy. We don't wish injuries. We don't wish all that on anybody. We hope Josh Gordon gets it together because as a fan, I know I, I can speak for Leo on this, as just a football fan, you want to see Josh Gordon on the field because he's just too talented not to watch You know, yeah. on an everyday basis. He's strong. He's big. He can run routes. He's physically intimidating. You know, he, he's as talented as they come in terms of wide receivers. Football fans, we want to see that. So we hope he gets his act together. Yeah, totally. We want him to be less of a storyline. Yeah. We want it to be less of a storyline. Is Oh, is he playing? No. Okay, why isn't he playing? Oh, that's why. We want less of that. We want the storyline to be, wow, this guy's incredible and he's showing it day in and day out. Right. So, all right, guys, we are going to wrap it up from here. Thanks for joining us. For Leo Saylor and Safon Alvey, we hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks.